1: Welcome to it. Great to have you in on Monday at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We had football this weekend. About 3,000 or a little shy of that out in Cardi, the Shrine Bowl. It went on, it was fantastic. We will talk to our dear friend Doug Duda from the Doug and Daddy Show and our affiliate out west on ESPN, the Superstation 1460-1550. Mr. Duda was on hand for the NET broadcast, part of that. And uh, we'll talk some ball, how it can happen, how it can get pulled off as we move twenty uh, further into 2020. A lot of Nebraska news and notes to get into. Uh, another phase of workouts is going on today for Nebraska football. The Some are newcomers now fully uh, integrated to the workout program. So that is good news for Nebraska and what can happen moving forward. It's going to be another busy week of announcements as last Thursday, you had the Big Ten make their announcement conference only schedule. There you go. Uh, And they're still trying to nail down the the scheduling side of that, the Pac-12 following suit. Uh, Commissioner Scott testing positive for COVID for the Pac-12. The ACC is going to do what they're going to do. And the SEC and the Big 12 are just waiting. They're just being patient. They don't want to make a call right now. And you had some of that blowback in in theory with when everything got shut down, be it the NBA, be it basketball, with the NCAA tournament. And at, at the time, some of us were like, well, dude, aren't you a little soon to jump the gun and shut down college baseball and the College World Series? And that was some reaction at that time back in March. And then it looked like things were okay for a while in June. And, and things are are messy in a lot of different parts of the country with the pandemic. So uh, we'll dive in. Pretty good uh, profile and preview of Nebraska football twenty twenty. With the off-tackle empire, we'll get into that. And then uh, I know this happened late last week. I know, Elijah, you spent some time on it Friday. You and I can get into it a little bit when it comes to Colin Cowherd. And that that's still kind of floating in the atmosphere with, you know, what is Nebraska football? What type of program? What is that, that win total associated with your football team in 2020? Twenty can join us today, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865, email chris at halevarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, That uh, is where you find Elijah on Twitter. Greg Smith in about an hour and 15 to hit recruiting. And then Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride going to be with us. Uh, at the 505 spot, uh, Mondays with Charlie. Now, i got to give some props to the Lincoln A's, youth baseball under-13 squad, the uh, tournament that was held in Omaha this weekend, the boys are back tournament, junior squad, a clean sweep, four games, four wins, four double-digit run scoring barrages offensively and some pretty good pitching. That was awesome. Uh, I I found my favorite umpire from sentimental standpoint was always Elijah Herbel. Well, oh, thank you. But I found my one A guy, and we had this guy umpire the semis and then the championship on on Sunday. And the guy was bald. He looked like he looked a little older version of Matt Verzel. He looked like Verz. But this guy was missing a tooth, and he was just chirping. And it wasn't annoying. It was constructive. It was back and forth in a good, disarming way with the players. My dad tried to uh, (laughs) – my dad's sitting in the front row, and the up and come back, and my dad's like, you know, this kid on the hill for those A's, uh, he throws strikes. So all he does is throw strikes. He never misses the, never misses the strike zone, and this guy's like, okay. The ump's like, who's who's this codger sitting in the front row? <laughs> well, that's Joe Papa, uh, my father, and <laughs> and he turns around like after the first half inning, is like, sir, you weren't lying. The kid is throwing heat. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was, and it was it was great. I mean, the guy was was on top of it and the kids had fun with his personality real loud strike and ball call and he was just fun man i mean so many times umpires you guys get crap thrown at you we had a, a guy that that loved the game uh, and did a great job of umping and not that he was perfect mind you but he did a really nice job of it and I had some fun with him. Like, well, when number two comes out, you punch his ass out if he's not swinging. That's Junior's number. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> and he thought that was pretty good. So, no, we had a good weekend. I will say this: the trip across the river into Council Tucky never, ever, ever, ever disappoints. Really, it's, it disappoints me a lot. I'm saying the my expectation is I'm going to drive back across into the good life. And kiss the ground once I <laughs> once I get away from Council Bluffs. Yeah, I always feel like whenever I drive across the river, I'm going to come back a completely different man. No, you just you come back more thankful <laughs> that you're not them and you're not there because some dudes working 350 pounds and he's walking down to the convenience store, shirt around his neck, gut hanging out. Uh, the ballpark was literally a cutoff throw from center to short from a strip club, mm. which was hilarious. <laughs> little, so some uh, post-game entertainment for the kids? Well, what was funny is we, I, my <laughs> wife popped out between games with a friend, Kimmy, and they both took a picture underneath the the marquee. And from a social media standpoint, it was too... Too good not to say picked our gals up after their shift and they're coming to game two. I
2: was going to ask you, that is that
1: how you met your wife? Uh, Wednesday night at the Grove. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how it happened, and that's what we're sticking to. I'm, I'm sure the umpires will go pick that field specifically knowing that the, that the adult. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? After being in the sun for 68 hours, why not go spend 1750 on a warm beer? Well, you're spending more than the beer, but, you know, there's, there's added benefits there. <laughs> uh, alleged, okay. Again, time and place, and this computer's dying on me here. So we will get into some football, I promise. But yeah, it was a good weekend. Did you ump it all or not
2: this weekend? Uh, I wanted to, but no, couldn't find any game. Aside. No one willing to trade with me, I guess. Okay.
1: Well, you, we we only had one umpire all weekend per field. Omaha's a different. It's a different beast up there. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: I actually could. They, uh, they, they like to get the Lincoln umps up there because they they're short of umps up in Omaha. Uh, clearly, but they are. I could make a little extra money if I wanted to drive up to
1: Omaha, but on a, on a Saturday morning, it just, you know. Now you're whining. It's okay. I... <laughs> uh, let's dive in to uh, what Nebraska has got on hand, and, and that is the fact that another phase of workouts have gone on. And if you checked in on Twitter at Hale Varsity or ESP at Lincoln, you're seeing footage. You're seeing footage of Cam Jurgens. You're seeing uh, footage of Scott with just giant biceps cranking out reps with it looks like I'm gonna go with four thousand pound dumbbells. He looked like you. Jeez, no, dude, i'm I'm so worthless and weak and I'm I'm proud of the dad bond and I'm trying to refine it, and that's all there is to it. But listen, Nebraska is in a good spot. They're putting the work in. You're gonna have more. Ability right now to supervise and spend time uh, with with, with the strength and conditioning staff. They can be on hand. There can be some film review uh, up to to eight hours total, I think, for the week. I think that's the number. And then if things go as planned, and listen, (laughs) stay tuned, right? We don't know what's planned. Uh, for the college football season, but what I do know is this: I mean, the the hope is for Nebraska to continually to steadily progress. Okay, and you've got now through the twenty fourth, where you've got everybody on the roster doing workouts. That's eight hours supervised per week, strength and conditioning, and film work, and then seven twenty four. You can host that mini camp. You can get in to some work. And then again, if things go as planned, as in we have football, the uh, first part of August, you can get into a preseason camp. That's 20 hours uh, of <clears throat> walkthroughs and weights. And there you go. So the thing that Nebraska is going to do, and this makes sense, is balance. Out these different phases so guys aren't just here completely grinding since June 1st you're going to have to mix in some more time off and I get that and eventually you'll want to see what you guys can do in pads that's a whole nother step and this is the discussion point that I'm really interested in who is going to say yes or no to football? It's going to be the, the conferences, okay? Because the NCAA has been like, uh, yeah, we don't really want to get sued, so it's on you guys. I'm going to pass the buck because I'm spineless and I'm the NCAA. I'm not going to make a ruling, so I'm going to put it to you. So the conferences are going to check this thing out, and you've seen the Ivy League do their thing. Who cares? They're smart kids, and football is a hobby. Not always, but that's kind of my take on them. They don't draw money. They don't draw TV eyeballs. They just, some of us will work for them someday, and that's that's their deal. I'm not going to remember who their their first-string quarterback is at, at Harvard, ever, post-Kennedy. Okay? So, it's going to be up to the Big Ten. They're trying to just go conference only. We know this. But will the Big Ten shut it down? Will the Big Ten shut it down If only 70% of their league teams can participate. That's, that's the question to me. If Rutgers gets told no by folks in the state of New Jersey, Rutgers is off the table. If Michigan and Michigan state's governor says, you know, it's just not a great idea. And, And it could be a situation where Detroit's on fire but Ann Arbor and East Lansing are okay in comparison to the rest of the state. Are we going to be able to look at each region and zoom in? Lancaster County football Saturdays. If the numbers are okay, and I know there was a warning by the mayor last Friday, can you still go play football? If the kids are good with it, the coaches want to do it, can the Big Ten let that happen? And if it doesn't, if the Big Ten says no, but Nebraska's like, look, our numbers are fine. Let us play football. The kids want to do it. let us make some phone calls and make our own schedule. Would the Big Ten permit that? Those are all big questions. I mean, I, I don't have answers to. I hope the answer is yes. I hope the answer is yes to football. I hope the answer is yes to behavior by people, here in the state, and I think Nebraskans behave very well, but even some other areas, you can't always control the other guy or gal. I get that. But don't shut the whole league down because of a state number versus a city's number. That's, that's my plea. That's my hope because of, of, the again, I'm not putting money over health or life. I'm not. But don't shut something down and make it a guilt-by-association thing from a state versus a city, region-wise. Let's try and get this thing going. We've still got another 10 to to 14 days, a little longer than that here, to see what numbers look like around the country and regionally. And the SEC is not making a declaration. The Big 12 has not made a declaration. And the Big 10 is waiting to, to figure things out. I'm anxious to see if... Okay, if if you don't get Rutgers and if Michigan's off the table, hypothetically, can you play football and and put your own schedule together if you're Nebraska? Can you put together a five-game schedule, a seven-game schedule, a ten-game schedule of regional teams?
2: Well, what I'm looking at right now is it's about three, maybe four teams all in the East who have some issues. It's Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, maybe Ohio State. Those those are the four teams I think probably have the highest risk at the moment of not playing football in the fall. Ohio State, you never know because they're Ohio State. Um, but you kind
1: of would like. I mean, you need them.
2: Yeah, you need <laughs> they,
1: them. They're your. They're they are your national credibility right now. They're your heavyweight in the league, as is Penn State.
2: But you'd think if four teams were to say no to the season, that leaves ten teams in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, that's and, a majority a ten, versus a minority.
2: Yeah, it's a, a majority, and you still have a ten-game conference schedule. So you
1: think that would work? But any more than that, that's when I think it's it's nervous time. No, I mean, if it is half the league, it's got to be for me majority of the league that's that has you. an infection rate so high that you can't play anyway. I'm with you. Yeah, that, that's that's where I'm going with this. So, and if if for some reason things get bad around the league, but things are okay to play Iowa or to play Iowa State or to get hooked up with Missouri or to take on both Kansas schools, let that be a possibility. Nebraska fans would love it. From a travel standpoint, it's still way easier than most of the league. And it'd be a way to, to give some semblance of football. You know, and listen, if the only option is spring ball, I'm okay with that, but we just don't know if it's going to be better in the spring. You just don't know if it's going to be better and when it will be better. You, you know it will eventually get better. I, I, I believe that things will get fixed and medicine will take over, thankfully. You just don't, just don't know the timeline. Uh, we'll spend some time as football got back to it for the first time in a long time. Central Nebraska, the site, the Shrine Bowl, the game. Doug Duda, part of the broadcast up next. And we're back.
0: Fellas, so, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the
1: Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back to you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder about drinking and driving. One out of every three fatal crashes involves an impaired driver, driving drunk, buster, high, never acceptable. Law enforcement officers working around the clock to stop his sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols as a driver make that correct choice of a non-alcoholic drink a pre-selected designated driver be smart start that conversation who's driving home brought to you by the nebraska department of highway safety office we welcome in doug duda doug and daddy show longtime host yes i'm gonna try his uh, his other skype real quick he, he wanted that one okay whatever duda wants duda gets let me know when we're connected. All right, we got him now. <laughs> Doug Duda, Hall of Famer, and part of the uh, incredible broadcast for the Shrine Bowl on NET. Mister Duda, what's up? How are you?
3: I just want nothing but the best quality for you, buddy.
1: Hey, I no, I appreciate that. You're you're awesome. You sound like you're well. You're next door to uh, Elijah, so <laughs> if that was a case, I could throw something at the window and see you move out of the way, brother. How was it? It was great to have football back and it it made me smile i know being a part of the broadcast you were just excited to be on the coverage and did an awesome job as always but take take me through the moment and your your ability to soak this in uh first first football in the US since the super bowl and some XFL
3: yeah no doubt about it and Kind of the cool thing about this is uh, they did bring the camp to Kearney, and that's the first time that the camp has been in Kearney the entire week. They had kept it at Doan and nebraska Wesleyan, just like when the game was played in Lincoln. So we caught up earlier in the week with the players and the coaches. They were just almost ecstatic, go with whatever your words you want, thrilled, happy just to be here, just to have the opportunity to play. Then you get to the game on Saturday, and the pads are cracking, and you get to see all the people that came in, head coaches, watching their former players, and they were all fired up. They were so happy. There was so much emotion on both sides. And, of course, it kind of waned a little bit for the north in the second half because it didn't go as well. But I mean, the South was celebrating after every score. The referees let them do that. The officials didn't throw any flags for extra celebration. It was just almost like relief Mm -hmm. that finally we get to do something. And let's face it, it's the greatest all star game in the state. There's so many of them. The Shrine Bowl was the first, and it's still the best.
1: Doug Dewitt is with us. Uh, ESPN 1460 1550, Carney Hastings, Grand Island host of the Doug and Daddy show and part of the NET broadcast for the Shrine Bowl. So take me through the logistics, Doug, from your coverage to the crowd. There was uh, just shy of twenty five hundred. I know capacity was kept uh, lower in the name of social distancing and safety precautions, which I'm all for. And I know you're all for. But how how was that executed by the fans in the stands? And was there concern by the players that they yeah, we're going to we're going to start tackling one another here. I know there were daily temps taken and um, the the precautions were no doubt carried out by by the folks on hand to keep the athletes safe. But just from a crowd and safety standpoint, how was all of that executed? Because uh, this is whether we like it or not, this is a trial balloon to show the rest of the nation what can happen successfully for football moving forward
3: yeah absolutely Schmidt. you might not have been able to tell it on tv or from some of the photos but it was in every other row deal in front of the press box where the majority of the fans set and that was the north side of the field but it was every other row and then they allowed the families to sit together, and then you might space out a little bit. But, you know, if you're there to root on a kid from Takama Herman or Fairbury or Elkhorn South, that kind of crew is all in one area. The north end zone, which is where the Shrine Band always has been, and there was no anything besides football, no band, no uh, coronation of the King-Queen and all the things that they do. But they did have if a mask-only section in that north end zone, if that's the way you felt. There was nobody there. A couple of people went in, had their masks on, took a picture with the sign, and then didn't really stay there very long. And the the south side uh, was also well represented. Uh, the general fans pretty much sat on the north because that's where you enter uh, the the stadium instead of walking around. But uh, it was well spaced. They had it um, taped off, uh, you know, using the caution tape, and it was an every other row deal. And they still had that kind of a turnout. There were a few folks that kind of leaned on the fence, uh, like they do for any. Carney or UNK game here, but uh, I thought it went well, and and early in the week, we, we got a chance to talk with, and here's an interesting guest if you ever need one, Dave Rieger is the director of sports medicine. Well, you would never talk to the director of sports medicine until a year like this. We talked to him on the television broadcast. We had him on Doug and Daddy earlier in the week, 40 years in the profession. He was a Shriner. Uh, as a little kid, uh, has has an artificial leg, and uh, had spent a lot of time in Texas. He's actually been with the college Shrine game for 16 years. So they really had one of the best you could possibly have when it came to this, uh, and they had no problems all week long. And that's the best part of it, no problems all week long when it came to health. And Schmidt I knew right away when the game started they had the coin flip, the kids came out, they shook hands, they did the bro hug, and and you just – kind of forgot about everything right there. I hope that didn't offend anybody, but the kids were ready to play.
1: Well, and Doug, the the kids have the bro hug before kickoff, and I know that that may freak out some health folks, and I get it, but they're about two minutes away from slapping each other around, so there there was going to be contact. I need to ask you about the mask section, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I just want to ask, are you surprised more folks weren't wearing masks?
3: Well, there actually were a lot of masks, but okay. they just sat on the east and west side. Gotcha. They didn't, gotcha.
1: OK, so the, the mask accept. section was there, but folks were wearing masks in other places.
3: Yeah, they definitely were. In fact, I'm going to tell you the truth. I thought probably more masks than I actually expected. And maybe that just depends on where you are in the state uh, from the from any kind of a, I don't want to say a big town, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks don't consider Carney Grant, Island, Hastings, big towns. And you don't know where these people are from, but I just don't see a lot of masks. Here in Kearney on a day-to-day basis, you do see some go to the grocery store or some of the the larger businesses. But there were quite a few masks uh, that were being worn. And just about everybody that was on the sidelines that wasn't working, say you were a – well, or were working, you know, coach from UNK. He's wearing a mask. Uh, Just about everybody outside of the football players and the media people like myself or those that had to talk were, were wearing masks. There was a lot of them.
1: Doug Dude is with us and uh, covered the Shrine Bowl with Eddie T this past weekend. Football back in Nebraska. Football back in the nation. And it was uh, done well at a high level out in Kearney. Of course, Doug, you hear him. Uh, mornings on uh, Newstalk, I should say, on uh, 1460, 1550. Kearney Hastings, Grand Island Superstation, Doug and Daddy show. So, Doug, let's get your take on, on college football and... What do you think can happen moving forward? The question I have is if the Big Ten says, you know what, we're just, we're just going to delay things, great, fine, but let's get a season in. If that's the direction, I'm all for it. If they end up pushing to spring, we'll deal with it. But what about this? Do you think the Big Ten would allow – Nebraska to put their own schedule together based on their numbers, based on their research, based on them wanting to take on the responsibility of having games.
3: Schmidt, interesting because I have asked a couple of people and they don't really have the answer. What if you do what the Big Ten wants, but you do extra? Like volleyball. What if volleyball says, forget it, we're going to play Creighton. I mean, is there a penalty? Is there a fine? Right. Is there a ramification? From the Big Ten, nobody seems to really know that. And I think getting to your direct question on football, Schmitty, they would almost have to let them find their own schedule if things start to crumble elsewhere. But at what point do you go, Rutgers and Maryland and Illinois are out Mm -hmm. and the other teams are in and you play a round robin or however you do it. Again, one of the things that just boggles the mind is how you can call the Big Ten a bubble. I mean, come on, Nebraska going to Penn State and you can't go to Omaha? Uh, You're really knocking heads there. But to get to your point, what's going to happen if Ohio State has four kids test positive out of 130 that suit up for a home game? Does that mean the whole team is shut down? I don't think we've heard. I haven't. Any kind of an answer to that?
1: We don't know. and. If, if we, we you'll you'll have to trace where those hypothetical four positive cases have been, who they've been around, what interactions have had uh, have been made. And, and then you move forward. I mean, what's what's the nuclear date as far as green lighting or hitting the red button on moving forward with a game? I mean, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see. All right. How are things with the students that played in in the Shrine Bowl in two weeks. Let's let's see what their response has been uh, health wise, and then you move forward from that. If nobody comes back with, because you're seeing more and more institutions like Kentucky just reported that. Listen, they've had zero positive tests. Uh, Notre Dame's been really good. Nebraska's had a handle on things. Uh, You know, as far as the latest report goes with the the number of kids tested within the athletic department. Uh, So, that is big. Uh, The other part of this, though, to me is, you you can stay patient and you don't have to declare. I mean, the SEC and and the Big 12 are waiting. The Big 10 was first to, to go conference only. Fine, you can pull that off. That's fine with me. Got about two minutes here. But... Uh, you don't need to make a a you know a, a final decision on this thing and, and, and until August. You can kind of paint your schedule, I would think, Doug. But you don't have to make a, an ultimate decision here in August.
3: Well, and Schmitty, two points here. One is Bill Moose has said that they are on these Zoom meetings for mm-hmm. over an hour every day for four months. You can't tell me the schedule isn't done. What could they still possibly be talking about the schedule and There could be 30 varieties of it, but they have to have a schedule done by now. Conversely, like you talked about, Nebraska could get away with a Midwest bubble. I Mm -hmm. mean, it might not be totally sexy, but you can play Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Colorado, Colorado State, South Dakota State, Wyoming. Uh, You can stretch it however far you want. You can get 10 games in, but you have to say these are the 10 teams, and these 10 teams are going to play pretty much the same 10 teams. They've had a long time to put together a lot of scenarios it would baffle me if they don't have those done already
1: well they need they need permission right they need permission to just go do oh yeah what what they're going to do if if there's a contingency to the the league schedule and and i think there's going to be some some issues with with some of the regions but that should not bar Teams that can play from playing in the Big Ten. I hope that's not the case. Doug Duda with us at Hale Varsity. Doug, awesome coverage. Thanks for what you're doing, brother. And we'll have you on again soon. And and thanks for taking some time today.
3: You bet, Schmitty. Thumbs up to the Shriners for persevering through all this when everybody else wanted them to sweep it under the rug. Great job. Uh, it, it appears that they pulled off a, a great event. And, and Schmitty, you could hardly tell outside the masks that we'd been uh, quarantined or shut <laughs> down for about four months from sports. It was really a cool event, just like it had been every other year.
1: That's awesome. Doug, you take care, bud.
3: All right. And now, and
0: now
1: back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coach McBride's coming up here in 25 minutes. Good insight from Doug Duda on just uh, the scene in Kearney for the Shrine Bowl and how the players were so excited to play ball. Great coverage by NET. And Mr. Duda, Larry Putney, Damon Benning, appreciate them being out there for that coverage and, you know, made you smile with uh, what's going on with football. Did you play in the Shrine Bowl? I didn't, know. You sound sad.
2: Uh, a little bit. I, I ended up, uh, I was taking a, a vacation. My aunt and uncle worked but, for the government but, over in Africa, and they flew me to
1: Africa, so I, I couldn't skip but you phone. were. But you were asked. Oh No. <laughs> <laughs> so, preemptively, you said, before I they, they, may they probably, face the disappointment of not being asked? Yeah, I just scheduled that trip. So, you went to
2: Africa? I did go to Africa, which was awesome. Probably a better experience in the end. Where at? Uh, so, most of the time was spent in Mozambique which is down on the southeastern coast. But then, yeah, I, I, I know. Most people do that same reaction, too. But then- uh, And bombs are towards the sky. Yeah. Um, but then we spent a weekend, uh, I guess almost a full week, uh, on a safari in South Africa. Uh, spent a weekend in Swaziland, which is like that little country that's kind of surrounded by South Africa a little bit. Okay. You know, so, cool trip. It's a, it's, my aunt and uncle work for the government, and they're like, hey, come visit us in Africa. We'll pay for it. And I'm like, that's a deal. Yes,
1: ma'am. Yes, sir. All right. Well, good from Duda. And uh, let's see how post-game kids are health-wise. I'm excited. Because if they can handle it, that means there's hope for other football. And if for some reason there's a case or two that pops up due to the Shrine Bowl, so be it. I mean, it's it's going to happen. It's happening in everyday life. Especially with the resources that high
2: schools and high school athletes and the Shrine Bowl has. You, the colleges are going to have a, a lot better Uh, Resources, resources, Mm -hmm. medical facilities for these players, testing equipment. So if one or two come back from the Shrine Bowl, it's a success when you look at the grand scheme of sports.
1: Yeah, let's kind of jump into the 2020 season preview. And off-tackle Empire, the – forgive me there. They are previewing Nebraska under the context, let's pretend that there's going to be a season – and and they they have a pretty direct statement for Nebraska football. No more excuses. No more excuses when it comes to this program and taking positive forward steps. Reason being, you've got an offensive line that's got all your starters back. You've got a tailback that is an every-down guy that really came on towards the end of the year. Oh, and by the way, your quarterback is insanely talented. He needs to play like he's super talented more consistently. And you have four tight ends that could make a jump. And the other thing, too, that's really cool is the fact that, yeah, what can this offense be? We're going to talk to Mitch Sherman tomorrow tomorrow. But you're going to have, I don't want to say different philosophy, but I think you're going to have a pretty good grasp on what to do with this offense, with these wideouts. And you're going to have some bigger body wideouts. You just will. So the theory and philosophy being, let's take some shots and let's let some guys go be ball players and go make some plays downfield with the passing attack. You've got bigger body wideouts. You saw Nebraska do that more often than not when Stan the Man was lined up outside. That's pretty good. Make some plays, take some shots with this tight end group you've got that are all giants. See what what can go that route. And yeah, and, and Greg Austin has said it, it's on us. There's no more excuses. What's your excuse gonna be this year? You've got a line that's back. You've got a line that's working together. You've got a line that continues the process of gelling and while we see and, and feel like the the Scots and the Ramirez Johnsons and hopefully he's healthy the Tompkins of the world you, you've got a stable of backs but man it's encouraging how Mills ran against Wisconsin it's encouraging how Mills has morphed into like Ziggy did the second half of the season how that that improvement really showed. And if Nebraska with this line can lean on that run game with Mills and in the crew, and then you can play action folks, man, that that that'd be a nice sight for Nebraska football special teams is mentioned in this preview and it's going to be better because it can't be worse. <laughs> okay. Very uh, on point with that. The defensive back room is nice. And the defense, the defensive line could be good, and just things we've been talking about. And off tackle empire hits on the fact that, look, man, uh, the run defense was god awful in 2019, and they had NFL talent. Three guys, the Davis twins and uh, Daniels, are off to the league, and it's not the the fit wasn't good. I, I think is a fair say with the Davis Twins in this defense.
2: And when you have a 3-4 defense, the, the defensive line can only do so much. Well, wha- every single it, it D is lineman, a fit thing, isn't it? Yeah, every it single, totally is. Every single D lineman has two gaps that they're responsible for. <laughs> and what you need to have in that system is linebackers who can flow to the ball and, and make the play, because essentially in a 3-4 with the run game, the linemen are just taking up blocks.
1: Yeah, just, just eat space and let the linebackers go do their thing. That is the question mark. That is a fair question mark. Uh, the front seven with this 2020 defense, you feel great about the secondary. What do you get from Henrich? What do you get from Colin Miller? What do you get from uh, Will Honus? What do you get from the outside backers? I mean, Doman's played outside enough in that hybrid spot to be on the verge of doing some nice things. Uh, and and you got the wild man from, from Scott's Bluff. That could be a factor. Does Caleb Tanner take a step forward? These are all things I, I, I want to keep talking about uh, in August, because that means football's moving forward. Um, I'm, I'm not. Damian Daniels is a guy that is full of talent, got a lot of skill, got a lot of strength. Can he do it? And can he do it on a more regular basis ty robinson can he step up jakeem green can they you've got bodies and you have talent there there was talent there last year another year in the system uh familiarity with the league you're going to be facing i mean think what what could be for nebraska football if you get a season and things are having to be tweaked uh you are facing a a potential reality of getting iowa twice of getting Minnesota twice, twice, getting Wisconsin twice, and while that's a stretch to to go five hundred, you hope it can happen if you're a Nebraska fan, but you just need to be better at at handling those teams in their style. Flex got just giant dudes on the line, and they curb stomped you last year. Wisconsin's going to run the football. You're going to hear of. Some guy to, to, to follow up Jonathan Taylor go, oh, okay, he's pretty good. <laughs> it was constantly just reload. Iowa's going to do their thing, okay, with their offensive line and their mentality. The time is now, if Nebraska gets an opportunity to, to stop taking crap from another football team in the West Division that it runs it down their throat. No more. Easier said than done. But you've had time to get bigger and stronger That's been the issue. It doesn't happen overnight. It may not happen by year three, but you can be better at it. You can be absolutely better at it year three of this Big Ten. And the front seven's going to be big. Uh, Quarterback's going to be huge as well. We'll wind down hour one next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, var Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Charlie McBride, 10 minutes away, Mondays with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, Greg Smith, recruiting hit coming up at 525. Many thanks to Doug Duda and his coverage with N.A.T., the Shrine Bowl, football returned to the nation this past weekend in Carney, That was incredible to see. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. If you're moving in 2020, they'll make it happen and painless for you for a limited time. You mention Hale City, and they'll provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby going to take that phone call from you at 402 or Kelly Hofschneider. Give Kelly a shout as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln, and uh, can log on westbluerealty.com. They also handle agricultural land. If you need to sell some ag land, they can help. They've got an auctioneer. They can handle anything from live auctions to sealed bids to general Land listings, and they've sold land uh, all over the state. In Nebraska, Seward, Oto, Lancaster counties, they can deal with a large radius. WestBlueRealty.com is uh, where you log on. So, I left the uh, house this afternoon, and we got home last night, left at 5.30 for Junior's Baseball Tournament in Council Tucky, uh, got home around 6.30 or so, had a quick sandwich, Showered up, crashed, was out, slept great. So as I'm kind of shaking the cobwebs between shows, I walk out, grab a bottle of water, jump in the car, and as I'm there, uh, my wife and son had tried to move what was once a nice, formerly expensive couch out of the pet's room, and they were going to move it, and she's going to try and resell it. Well, the freaking couch is stuck that blocks the entry to our home. The front door. The pet's room is the the, the first door off your left. And the couch is stuck. I just like lose my mind. I'm like, why are you two moving it? Why didn't you ask for help? Did you beat the crap out of the, the trim? I mean, it's stuck. It's still stuck. I guarantee you it's still stuck. <laughs> so you walk. You can't enter the house. The pets can't get to, to their region. And this this half this couch is stuck there. I don't know why she just like does stuff like that. You gotta have her watch
2: the uh, the Seinfeld episode where they're moving furniture up the stairs. Just to <laughs> well, it's like, she, she, the, she can take notes. Here's the point. to, like, like rotate and
1: well, and that's just it. She's like, well, like how did you even? Because when we moved in, it was Ohio State week. Okay, so I didn't help with the move in process. <laughs> yeah, check mark next to my name for eternity. But so my my brother in law my two brother in laws helped. And they're pretty strong, smart dudes. And they found a way to get that stupid couch in that room. I don't know, maybe consult them. How'd you do it? Maybe bribe them with tequila? Let's do it again. I don't know. Oh, let's get the thirteen year old and the nurse to move it ourselves, they didn't even like ask me to help which is fine but now we're have to get a freaking chainsaw out and saw this thing in (laughs) half you tried taking the legs off is that the problem that's what i suggested and they only took half of the legs off the two back exactly dude it's 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 monday and it's time to start drinking (laughs) already all right coach mcbride's on the way Hour two hail varsity continues Thanks for spending time. It's hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt uh, Mondays with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, uh, how are you doing? Did you catch any fish this weekend?
4: No, I didn't. But I, I watched uh, right now, there are about 10 um, ladies um, out fishing right in front of the house. And they're all women, and they're catching fish, and every time they catch one, they're screaming and yelling and doing everything. <laughs> Funniest thing, they must be, I don't know if they're drinking or not, but I don't <laughs> think so, because because I think they're just having a good time. But they're catching fish, so I mean, I probably ought to get going. I've been working on a little shed I got. My son David's, you know, he's the carpenter part. I'm the a gopher. <laughs> so we just, been working. you know, they hand me a paintbrush and tell me to start painting. I don't know. You know, it's kind of, all my life I've been kind of a gopher.
1: <laughs> well, Coach, you might as well do a flyby for the lovely ladies out front and just, just remind them that if they're too loud, they'll scare the fish away.
4: No, they won't. No? no not, not, not in this lake. <laughs> I don't, fish don't scare in this lake.
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, so it sounds like you had a good weekend. You're able to to watch people catch some fish. You're, you're painting a yep. shed. We got to go to Council Bluffs this weekend and play baseball. What do you think of that?
4: That's good. Yeah. I got some time off. I watched the, the little kids. They got these small sunfish, and they have sailboat races, and
1: they have a blast. That's so good. That's awesome. Well, We got a little bit of directive from the Big Ten late last week on Thursday where the Big Ten's going to switch over to just a conference-only schedule as they're getting rid of the non-conference games. Coach, what what do you think of that? And from an optimism standpoint, are you nervous, more nervous about having a season?
4: Well, yeah, I, I I don't know what the, you know the the Ivy League they bailed out and uh, and I figured they would you know they don't make any money they uh, I did a little survey on them and there's only maybe one team that makes some money and the rest of them are have to go find it so they're the, the presidents are probably pretty happy about that yeah you know I they're going to save a lot of money on you know, on, on winter sports and uh, stuff like that. But football doesn't make any money, and when they don't, it reflects on all the others. So that's, that's for that. Now, in, uh, in the Big Ten, I think that's why they're going to do the best they can to get something in. Um, I think a little bit has to do with the other conferences. All of, all of a sudden, you're not playing on Saturday. I mean, um, you know, I mean, you don't know if any of the schools that you have um, games with are going to be there. Um, You know, their conference may pull out. So, you know, I think the Big Ten probably to save, you know, the fact of not losing any games Mm -hmm. for teams probably went this way, in hoping that they could, you know, fill the schedule, and, and probably make. You know, I mean, and make more money. I mean, heck, if you got a, a, a you know, an important game, it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. You know, in the past, I think years we had we opened up with Oklahoma State. I think maybe once or twice, and and that happens. And then, of course, this year with Purdue and so forth. But uh, I just think that you know, when you really think about it, it may be we protect ourselves and, and we're going to play, we play a full schedule.
1: Well, and that's that's what Bill Moose has been talking about. I mean, he'd love to have 12 games. The league says they're just going to do a conference-only schedule, so that looks like a 10-game schedule, or you have five at home and five on the road. I just mm-hmm. don't know if from a health and travel standpoint, if it makes sense to go to Rutgers or have Penn State come here, everybody else, it's no picnic to jump on a bus, but you could do it. You could make a bus trip uh, into Madison if you're in Nebraska, or you can make a bus trip right. into Iowa City. But if Bill right. Moose – do you think Bill Moose can get the green light from the league to schedule more games, or how do you think the Big Ten will handle that?
4: I don't. I think the Big Ten's not going to pay any attention to, uh, you know. T- I think you know they, they'll. I think the athletic directors can say what they want, and the the summation of the athletic directors probably will help make a decision on what the other ones all all say. I mean, you know, that's usually when you have a new commissioner. I think a little bit, and you also have to go with the faculty reps because in reality. The faculty reps are the athletic directors.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I remember time went by where they took pretty much of the stuff away, and the athletic directors didn't get to vote on anything. It was up to the faculty rep to, to uh, do the voting for the school. And of course, you know there was some conversation between the head coach and the faculty rep. I'm sure, but it came right down to it. that there were times when the faculty rep didn't go along with the head coach. And that, that's their prerogative. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I think that they'll have to look at you know that. But I think the uh, the if it's the same now, it may have changed since I left. I mean, that's mm-hmm. been a long time. So they may it may have given the athletic directors back some of their power. Uh, part of it was taken away, I think, because of cheating and stuff. And not in the Big Ten, but or in the Big Twelve, it was all pretty much the the old Southeast Conference and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, who knows what they're going to do. But I think they'll just listen to the AD to make a
1: decision. Charlie McBride's with us. Monday's with Charlie Hale, Varsity Radio. Coach, do you foresee a situation where the Big Ten shuts down if only a few schools can play, meaning – do you think there's got to be seven of the 14 league teams that have a healthy enough environment to play to allow play this year? Or well, let me tell you something. Go ahead. You know, I, I,
4: we we have a governor here in this state that is totally political.
1: Yeah.
4: Whatever the, whatever the president wants, she's going opposite. Yeah. And no matter what it is, and that's the way it's been. So right now it costs us, um, I I don't know how true this is, but I I have to wear a mask into every every uh, store or any place I go and also in a crowded environment. And I heard that it was a $500 fine if you didn't. Now, I've gotten emergency warnings on my phone. It's, a, it's an executive order. So... I think Michigan is one of those states that who knows what she's going to do. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, she could pull the plug on the whole state. And, uh, but I think the Big panel will just go on their way. Okay. I, I really do. I think, I think they'll go on their way, and I think you can still fill a out without any of the Michigan schools.
1: That'd be that'd be really tough for Sparty and for for Michigan, and I know oh, Coach, yeah. Coach Harbaugh was very vocal about wanting to play and the the fact that you know from a from a coronavirus standpoint, we, you know he thinks sports can help things. And we were talking to to Doug Duda last hour, and he was part of the broadcast with the the, the Shrine Bowl. Nebraska had football this weekend in Kearney for the Shrine Bowl. So they had about 90 kids playing football, and it'll be interesting to see. From, the masks, well, yeah, yeah. from a mask right. standpoint, though, I mean, folks just got to put them on to, to stay safe. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the gist of it if you want football. I mean, there's been a lot of head coaches from Ohio State's Ryan Day to Ed Orgeron down at LSU. They're, they're doing some public service announcements for masks.
4: Yeah, well, you know what? L- let me tell you something. <laughs> that may be—I'm <laughs> sure it's—it's—it's it's, it's okay, mm-hmm. you know. To uh, that may be a smokescreen. They may be doing that just to push it, the governors along. That hey, we're really doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, who cares about a mask or something? But I know the young people have less chance of passing this stuff on than. Maybe I do, for example. And, uh, you know, as you get older, I don't know, around here, our numbers have been found out to be fictitious. And they're starting to really find that stuff out now.
1: Fictitious is mean, in inflated or yeah. fictitious is in underreported?
4: Inflated. In, inflated. And, you know, they're, about everybody for a while there that died, it was, uh, he could have died of a heart attack. but. You know they te- they might have tested him afterwards and found out that he had the had the uh, possibilities of having a you know the the virus and mm-hmm. so they counted as the virus and, and you know and right now there hospitals are pretty pumped up with people that have get getting their surgeries mm-hmm. that were supposed to get them before. You know, knee replacements and hips and things like that. So there's a lot of orthopedic stuff going on in the hospital. So, you know, well, our hospital's full. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) when I got my surgery up at University of Michigan Hospital, the place is full all the time. So you don't have to worry about it being full. It's just wise. Your
1: your point is is the reason it's really full, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah, and I think a lot of it is is overblown uh, as far as what's really happening now. You, a death is a death, but you have to be careful how you're, you know, how you're going about it and mm-hmm. how you're told to go about it. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know those. I don't know anything about that part of it, but um, you know, it's kind of hard on everybody when they're not getting the true shot.
1: Are Are you concerned and cautious with with just the, the, the climbing, I mean, do you, you don't go out at all, do you? I mean, you might well, go yeah, paint a I, shed, or what, I mean, how I, do you do it?
4: Well, I go out. I mean, uh, no. Uh, we used to have a little group that and, and went out every Wednesday night uh, to a little place here close by, just a group that's, you know, all a bunch of everybody's used up. You know what I'm saying, and they're all older people.
1: <laughs> you have such a lovely way of putting it, man.
4: <laughs> but but they we haven't. I I've, it's been all all the people that leave here. Sometimes, um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of my friends. Um, I've seen them on occasion, mm-hmm. but we haven't had any get-togethers or anything like that. That's one thing. But I mean it my my wife goes to the store more than I do, but we wear a mask in everywhere mm-hmm. we go when we do. I've been to Home Depot and things like that with my son and um mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's not like I'm locked in the in here now for a while i was i mean i was two months yeah that i that we we kind of we went to the store together and uh you know, we pretty much loaded up with what we could, and we went real early in the morning and, you know, and stuff like that when people weren't around. So, um, but, you know, my understanding is is a lot of it has to do with your blood type. I mean, they're, they're finding out so many things that come out and, um, uh, you know, now so, I, I just think that they did a study in Canada that no child has ever taken, gone home, and given their parents uh, the virus.
1: In Canada? Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. They've done a study there. That's been proven. I mean, with, with what they've done, never it's never been passed down in the family. Really? So, yeah. And, and I think there's so many things that we don't know. I mean, look at there, it, it, right now, I heard the other day that there's more flu deaths right now than there are for virus. <laughs> so you figure it out. You know, I mean, every year, how many people die of the flu? A lot. I mean, please, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it, so there, you're hearing so many different things from so many different places. And it's understood. That, you know, you can call the president anything you want, but it's the state's it's the state's prerogative to make their own rules on this. Well so and, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big thing. Well and that's God what I'm wondering executive about
1: executive order. Coach, just about a minute here. You know, you can you can still play games if Michigan gets shut down, if New Jersey oh, yeah. gets shut yeah. down, you can yeah. still,
4: oh yeah, you can still yeah. do home and homes
1: yeah. with Wisconsin and Minnesota. I think you can still get it in. You just got to get you'll, numbers you'll get to lower. 10, you,
4: you can get ten games in. I mean, you got fourteen teams, so you get two teams knocked out of it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's back to twelve teams. Yeah, I mean, so you know, um, that isn't that isn't gonna of. Not unless a, not two other states go, you know, mm-hmm. governor decides they're going to decide they're just going to shut it down, too. And by an executive order in the state, that's what they do.
1: Charlie Mc- you know, Charlie McBride's with us. Monday's with Charlie. Coach, we'll talk a little more football next time, but thank you so much for your insight. I'm glad you're doing well. and uh, Well, keep- they're going to play. Good. I
4: mean, I just think so. Anyway. You know, they're not going to. There's too many people in Nebraska that might pull a chain on some people.
1: <laughs> that's good. And,
4: you know, a chain, I mean, the real chain, you know, that puts them right down the bottom of the, the well.
1: <laughs> yeah. The football starved man, it. in this state. That's Coach, r- that's right. You take care and stay healthy and okay. safe and say hi to your boy. All right.
4: Okay. Thanks, I blew it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye now. And now
1: back to Hale Varsity Radio. Stuff from Charlie McBride. You're going to want to check that podcast out and the on-demand section. ESPN Lincoln will have Coach McBride, and I really appreciate him giving you the play-by-play of the lovely gals catching fish out in front of his window. He he enjoyed that. We say hi to Greg Smith, Nebraska trying to fill their boat during COVID and recruiting at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Mr. Greg, how was your weekend? Did you grill anything good?
5: Uh, the weekend was pretty good. I actually stayed off at of the grill this weekend and then did some takeout. Uh, I think both days. Uh, I was feeling lazy. I, I'm allowed.
1: <laughs> Come on now, man. <laughs> you just like, uh, yes, I, you sounded like you were you were hurting or something. Yeah, I stayed off the grill. Like, you know, my knee's giving me problems. I couldn't go do do pickup hoops <laughs> it, or, hurtful, or go to the cage. It hurts.
5: <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts. It
1: hurts. So does that mean you got to double up this weekend?
5: Probably like we probably need to make some actual plans uh, to go pick something up and, and do something nice, maybe try tip or something maybe we'll, we'll break something like that out okay
1: i'm gonna I'm gonna whine here before we get into recruiting, and the wife's bless her soul she's been doing kind of the grocery pickup thing, okay,
3: yeah.
1: so <laughs> she's been ordering wings and and I've got uh, you know a, a package of frozen wings in the freezer and I, I sent you a picture, I think, or either I posted them on Twitter when I smoked my wings about a month ago. Yeah. You remember those, right? Yeah, and, I, do. I do. And and they were awesome. But listen, there's been a, a a a ample supply of wings out there with no Super Bowl parties and this COVID stuff, so you've got an abundance of chicken wings out there, allegedly. Why, why do we get the tiny package of, of wings where there's like four wings in there that are normal size that I can go buy at the bar, okay? And then the rest of them are just, they're, they're, they're tiny, they're small. Why, why does that always end up with the package we get?
5: I feel like you keep getting the short end of the stick on that one. That's not good. We we got to talk to. We we need to get you a wing guy. I need to get a wing can, guy
1: because I can I can I can roll into a store and they'll have you know a dozen of them packaged. Right? Yeah,
5: wings have been in good
1: supply. Right, yeah, and, and some she's of the buying, other
5: tenders have not. The wings though. Right,
1: and she's buying you know the packaged stuff, and oh look, there's thirty six wings, but eight of them can you know can. Eight of them count as a wing, all right? Maybe she's trying to keep you on your toes. Yeah, apparently, you know. That's how it is. So let's talk recruiting here. Enough of, of grilling, because now I'm hungry. Um, so give me a, a status update with Nebraska and and how they're kind of moving forward with 2021 in reference to what's been decided by the Big Ten to go conference only, how is Nebraska going to roll with these punches here, not only for 2021 but 2022 because official visits are still a mess, your schedule's not in ink anymore. What what do you do next if you're Nebraska?
5: Yeah, I think if you're Nebraska, I think you have to start – Well, I don't. I wouldn't want to say start because that would imply they haven't been doing this. They have. You have to kind of ramp up your virtual efforts in preparation that you won't end up having kids on your campus right this Mm -hmm. season. Um, You kind of have to, um, and then just be surprised and hope and happy um, if it comes down the line that you end up having kids on campus because with the way, because it's hard to jive in your mind that hey, Big Ten just announced last week that we're going conference only, Um, the Pac twelve. I believe announced that mm-hmm. as well. You've got the SEC who says they're kind of going to kick the can down the road a little bit, which basically means that they want to hope to see that the numbers of COVID improve around the country before they make a final decision, right? Um, so, as all of that's happening, like it's hard for to just see the NCAA saying, okay, cool, when the game starts, you'll be able to have guys on campus. So, you've got to continue to prepare Is if that's not happening. And Nebraska may have to change the strategy a little bit because we know and we talk about it a lot that part of their deal is. is is they get guys on campus, they let them be blown away by what they see on campus, and then that's what really leads to commitments for Nebraska. And Nebraska's going to have to change that a little bit, maybe put, either put a little bit more pressure on guys on the front end, or um, they're going to have to really do a great job of selling what they have virtually uh, to be able to continue to seal the deal. They've done a nice job uh, of that during quarantine, but they're going to have to continue to do it um, pretty much indefinitely, it feels like.
1: Greg Smith with us, recruiting update, HaleVarCity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV. So, Greg, a thought here on Demetrius Crownover, a big kid out of Grandview, Texas, 6'7", 260, Nebraska, making his final five, and he's a four-star tight end. Where is, I mean, Fedoni's one, but with, with uh, Crownover and Rollins, and who's the other kid out of Colorado? Is he still in play? Give me Nebraska.
5: Oh, Go ahead. Yeah, Gunnar Helm is the one. you're yeah, that, that thinking of him.
1: Yeah, so where's Nebraska at Fidoni, and then who else? I mean, who's who's <laughs> number two on the board out of those three?
5: Yeah, so I think I think that after Fidoni, AJ Rollins is the guy that they really really like, um, and I think it's a couple of reasons. He does have really big upside. Remember, they offered him early after he was at their camp um, a couple years back, and they, they really liked him. Uh, from the beginning of the process, um, I, I know they like Gunnar Helm out of Colorado a lot as well. He kind of came on his own dime. He kind of went around visiting some different campuses. Conover's really interesting. If he's a really talented player, I think he's a top ten tight end in the nation. Um, think about him though. Is I think he has a brother that's at Texas A&M. Texas A&M was also uh, in that top five. I think he might be a guy that ends up with Jimbo Fisher down in, in Aggie Land, as they like to call it. Um, but I do think that Rollins is a really nice fit for what the Nebraska is trying to do I'll have something on him later in the week I think Wednesday this um, one will have something from him and his relationship is strong uh, with the Huskers and I think that Nebraska would be more than happy to land uh, Fedoni and AJ Rollins and kind of keep it local and then in 2022 do it again and try and lock down Mike Riley.
2: Greg speaking of keeping it local the Shrine Bowl is this weekend and a couple Husker walk-ons were playing in that game if, if my memory serves me correctly you get a chance to watch that game?
5: I did get a chance to watch the game. The, the guy that, that stood out to me was Nate uh Having to butcher the last name, Boer Kircher, Kircher um, the tight end who's he's like 6'5, 210, had a nice touchdown grab, played really well. Uh, he's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Um, but outside of that, it was really difficult to really lock in on the football, to be honest, um, because so much was made about just the testing and trying to see, make sure you're keeping everyone safe, and it just being the first game back, is that I almost felt like the football kind of took a secondary uh, backseat to, to kind of the overall health picture of it. So far, It seems like they did well. Um, I know Dave McDonald, the executive director of the Triumph Bowl, told me that they had all sorts of of protocols and testing in place to make that thing happen. Um, And hopefully for them, and I know they hope that they can kind of be a template for people going forward on how they can hopefully get football going here in the fall.
1: Greg, let's talk fall. And and what do you see as we talk today schedule-wise? Do you see it as what's on Nebraska's current schedule? Do you think they just go to divisional only? And tweak it that way. I mean, if you were to, to bet, how do you how do you put your money down?
5: Yeah, I would if I had to bet on it, I would say that they end up reconfiguring the schedules and front loading um, them with divisional games. So like kind of and but keeping it at ten games. So kind of a little bit of what Bill Moose kind of seems like he was kind of pushing for, even though he was pushing for twelve instead of ten. I don't know if you're gonna get that because I think if you keep it at ten you get maximum flexibility just in case you have to pause or teams have to reschedule or anything like that. Um, but I do think that there'll be good momentum to have the division games up front so that you make sure you get those games in. Um, but I think that that'll have to be the way that you go. Um, and I think that the big made the right move because you get, to con- you get to control as much as you can all of the testing protocols and know that you have maximum uh, flexibility when it comes to rescheduling and all of that because you're only dealing with teams in your league. Uh, but I, I, I think we're heading towards 10 teams with with divisional play on the front end.
1: Greg Smith is with us, and Magazine. Greg, uh, when we look at at some of Nebraska's uh, prospects they're going after, you kind of gave us an update on Fedoni. Uh, With some of the other options there for Nebraska, you know, how is I mean, we're talking six to eight spots left for the Big Red this year, and Give me a rundown here on on Cameron Valdez. He's another really talented back. He's out of Texas. Nebraska also had a few kids uh, pull the trigger elsewhere this weekend, didn't they?
5: Yeah, they did, and Cameron Valdez is a kid that I really like out of Texas. A speedy uh, running back who's kind of blown up here recently in the process, and that's a it's a guy. And we could say this for a lot of different guys, but he's really a guy that it was hurt, that Nebraska was hurt by not being able to get him on campus this spring because I think Nebraska would be in an even better position with him if they were able to do that. Um, but he's got a, a good top seven, including some local schools down in Texas, Oklahoma State too um, is in the mix, so that was going to be tough to call. Um, then Nebraska did have some guys that decided to go ahead um, and make decisions elsewhere. Um, that's going to happen. Like, it's just going to be hard because Nebraska is going to have to continue to do something that it's not always comfortable with, like I mentioned earlier, which is push guys a little bit harder earlier, but then also try and continue to get guys from far away to be excited about Nebraska without seeing it, which has always been Nebraska's calling card. Uh, so it's, it's just going to be it's tough, um, but that's what they get paid the big bucks for
1: gotta ask you here two minutes here before we gotta say goodbye you know i'm a big cowherd guy and i wanted your response to to his recruiting take on Nebraska not only just being a seven and a half win job and frost is a really good coach i mean he he respects the heck out of frost and he respects the Nebraska program it's just not what it once was do you agree with the fact that nebraska not necessarily now under frost but They were missing an identity in the world of recruiting with this transition to the Big Ten.
5: Yes, I, that part I do agree with. And that was about the only part I was really with him on that he kind of lost me uh, with the different, like you can't recruit here or there um, if you're in Nebraska, Okay, that's just not true if you look, up, look at the makeup of the roster. But I do think that Nebraska, when they went to the Big Ten, the Texas thing um, and losing Texas, and I wrote recently about this after talking to Latrell Neville's coach, um, they did lose that a little bit. He, he had said that as well. Um, and, and so that happened, uh, but Nebraska – also then went to a conference in which the conference is known for Smash power football, but Nebraska was kind of transitioning out of the Big Twelve. It didn't necessarily fit in with that. And now everyone kind of runs different variations of the spread or there's so much variations in the offense. But Nebraska is now still a little bit unique to those schools. So they have a positioning. Um, and I think that I think we all kind of see that Nebraska wants their positioning to be kind of that Oregon speed and high flying offense, but also old school Nebraska power, and that can be something to hold your hang your, your hat on. They just have to get there.
1: You know, I, I think more of some of those really good Peterson Husky teams, Greg. That were they were a bit of a spread, but they were downhill power, and right. uh, that's where Nebraska can get to here under Coach Frost. Greg Smith with us, dot and magazine. Greg, get something fired up on the grill. Thanks for a few minutes.
5: I will do. You guys have a good week. Maybe that will help my mood. I won't be a sad next time when I come in <laughs> about not having been on the grill. I apologize.
1: Get it handled. Be good, man. Thanks for the time.
5: <laughs> have a good one.
1: Chime in.
0: 402-466-ESPN. Or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity
1: Radio. Great, to have you back. Kale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So let's dive into this uh, Washington name change and logo change. You have the uh, franchise announcing that uh, they're going to officially retire the team's name and logo. A new name has not been yet announced. They're going to keep the gold and garnet colors. And uh, good, finally, for Washington changing that name. Uh, I, I'd never use that term when I talk about Washington football. I just haven't. Tried not to. But the fact that you've got Daniel Snyder finally caving to this because of financial blowback is soft, is weak, is is... He's not making the wrong decision to change that name. But his principles for doing so are jacked. And it's out of financial concern that he's doing it. Not because, well, I've been an a-hole for X number of years. I've, ri- I've driven this team into the ground uh, through coaching changes and bad draft picks and meddling. Uh, they just, he just needs to sell. If you're yeah. a Washington fan, get somebody in there that knows what the hell they're doing And I think Revere is going to be a fine coach. Coach Revere has done a nice job when he's been the head man. It just didn't, it it expired in, in Carolina. But man, he, Snyder's just been a a problem. And, oh, yeah, you're changing the name now. You're retiring it. Well, it's because it's taking zeros out of your check. If this wasn't about money, he would have done it 10 years ago, is the thing. He he still doesn't want to change this name. No, he's he's doing it, but he he needs no credit for doing so. He, he's doing it because his hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got no choice, but thank God it's happening. Right. And, and as far as a, another nickname, I don't know. What you go with? Well, see, It. do you think they're going to try to go
2: somewhere away from where social media has been pushing him? Because the names I've heard on social media have been... Red Tails, in honor of the Tuskegee Airmen. Okay. And then Red Hawks is the one that I've seen a lot of current and former Washington players endorse. Um, there's been the story of Dan Snyder uh, looking into the name Rebels because he had uh, an arena football team, or
1: arena football, <laughs> that was the Washington Rebels. And he was People lo- will freak, though, if you go with the Rebels card. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are in the heart of Confederate country, aside from D.C. being the capital of the, the the nation i mean you're not far from virginia you're not far from yeah, it'd be really a poor timing to go with that one well, so I, it'd, it'd be it'd be totally within daniel snyder's decision-making process to yeah let's go with rebels he'd totally do that i think supersonics <laughs> we
2: need a supersonics team in sport seattle was robbed
1: no get someone to pony up money for a new arena and they'd still be there it's true it's true but, I mean, they wouldn't be in OKC.
2: Very true, and I mean OKC's not a bad basketball place by any means. No, it's
1: great. It's awesome. But there's just there's there's a piece missing from the NBA without the Supersonics. <laughs> uh, brother, I hear you. I loved watching Seattle Seahawk uh, Seattle Supersonic games, and yeah, I mean <laughs> Supersonics could have had one hell of a team. <laughs> I mean, they drafted well before it moved to OKC. So. I don't care what you name it, just get rid of this name and then make this clown sell his team.
2: It's a tough job, really, picking a new name for a professional sports team because you can't go with, like, so many names out there already just so cliche because every single sports team has
1: those names. I think you go with felons, the Washington felons, because you have both sides of the aisle there that are just robbing people. (laughs) <laughs> with her congress and our senate all right just go with felons is that taken uh i don't think it's taken it's probably in
2: poor taste yeah maybe the washington sentinels sentinels yes did you
1: ever watch the replacements with keanu reeves i, I did and gene hackman was the coach yeah
2: they were the washington sentinels
1: ah okay okay
2: how about, you, already, you already have a jersey that's been designed. You have a starting quarterback you could bring in. And Keanu Reeves. I
1: just remember the cheerleading tryouts for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, Gene, and Gene Hackman with a fedora and a stash. No. No, you're, so we're moving on from the Sentinels. Yeah, I am. What else is... Maybe the Swamp Things? The Swamp People? No, the Swamp Things. Uh, like... For- like you're some mysterious creature from the swamp. I prefer the swamp people. It'd be good for the for Washington, DC. Ah, the Swamp People. Okay. Maybe the lizard people? Sure. <laughs> uh I don't have any just the color scheme has worked. The logo has not for years. But they'd even do some throwback. I mean, I remember seeing uh, different. Used to have the old logo where it was just the the capital R. Yeah. Would you have to have a team name that starts with an R
2: then for that to work? Which then you'd be back to Red Tails and Red Hawks. Then you could say if, use the if R. you're going
1: to honor the Tuskegee Airmen like that, that'd be awesome.
2: I, I'm all for that. I think that'd be one of the that's one of the best options on the table. But what what makes it tough is now the guy who's picking the team name. If he Ref- pick, if he picks the Red Tails, then it's now. Oh, Why do we even hire you?
1: Yeah, I I don't. I wanted to address this that that Snyder's finally retiring the name but I don't care what they name it as long as it's not offensive for the next 87 years. Yeah,
2: I can agree with that. I can get right behind and listen, that.
1: And there's going to be a, a, a section of the population that are ticked off that, why are you changing the name? I mean, come on. it's It's not it's an offensive name. And teams have changed
2: names through the years all the time. This is the best reason you have to change a, a team name. The, the team—it's like—it's not like where you had in Cleveland, where the team up and goes to Indianapolis. Right. Well, uh, the, the team's still in Washington. But here's this
1: here's this is this is the the domino that we're going to be discussing though. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, are you under pressure to change your name? If you're the Atlanta Braves, are you under pressure to change your name? If you're the Cleveland Indians, are you under pressure to change your name? Are you the Golden State Warriors? And it's not the same instance. I mean, Atlanta sent a an email to their season ticket holders. We're not changing the name. We may take a look at the tomahawk chop. Uh, I don't know that it, the, the Braves need to do it. Uh, Cleveland has changed their their logo, where you don't have the old Chief Wahoo logo on the lid anymore. It's not. I mean that that hat is not been worn for, for quite a while. I think the only team that's safe,
2: and I put safe in air quotes, yeah. is, is Florida State. They, they actually do a lot of work with the Seminole Tribe. They, I know. They have like a, a class on campus about like Seminole history, and mm-hmm. the, the mascot every
1: single year is an actual Seminole. Well, how, dude, that's one of the, the, the coolest really, sites out of the tunnel is where their warrior on horseback has a flaming spear. Mm-hmm. That is really awesome. And they're just about one of the only teams that does it right.
2: So many they teams are, are doing it wrong. Where, I mean, the, Florida actually, the Florida State actually works hand-in-hand hand with the Seminole Tribe. They're doing it right. All the other teams that aren't doing that, they're, they're, in, they're in danger. Maybe they should
1: change their team name. I, uh, you know, just, you'll have a, a non-offensive nickname for the Washington football franchise for the first time in 87 years. That's the good news. The bad news is the, the guy writing the checks still owns the team. We'll wind down on Monday. It's Hale Varsity. And we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
0: miss us
2: come here brother give me a hug we in for the real thing
0: we're on call for you catch the podcast at hail the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
1: one final time hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery get the podcast hail subscribe rate us And uh, keep on listening. That'll be on iTunes or com. It's where you can log on, get the podcast, and then uh, Elijah will have the on-demand section loaded up from Coach McBride, from Doug Duda, from Greg Smith, Mitch Sherman tomorrow from The Athletic, and uh, maybe a YouTube Tuesday back at that. We're going to keep the 5 o'clock hour open a little bit just because there could be news, right? I mean, it's going to be a newsy week a newsy month it, it, it will be i mean you have sec media days that we're supposed to start today that would have been cool but not gonna happen so busy tomorrow so willie J, our dear friend and he produces gregeth and hooks 9 to 11 catch those guys every weekday morning they do an awesome job good dudes and willie jay's like well who's the better fictional coach Al Pacino or Gene Hackman. I I don't know. I mean, I didn't dislike the replacements. I was kind of surprised at the time that the replacements came out that Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman, given where Keanu was at in his career and where Hackman sure was in his career, that they did that movie. It was cool, though. And any given Sunday was uh, a... uh, Oliver Stone flick, so it was totally over the top, crazy. But Al Pacino as the coach was fantastic, and he did the inches speech. Hey, you had uh, Willie Beeman, Jimmy Fox as the quarterback. You had Lawrence Taylor in there. No, I didn't. I didn't mind any given Sunday. You had some. Dude, uh, Ted. God, who was the guy in, in Office Space? That was one of the Bobs. That he was in Scrubs, I think. Not Scrubs. What was the movie or the show? Anywho, I forget the guy's name. Uh, but but he played the Jim Rome character mm. that I thought was pretty decent. You had the uh, the wife, Lauren Holly, of uh, the starting quarterback that clearly had no love for that guy, but liked his money and lifestyle.
2: I think Will left a coach off the list, though. A big one. Goldie I mean,
1: Hawn from Wildcats?
2: I was going to say uh, Henry Winkler in The Waterboy. I don't remember what the coach's name was. That movie sucked.
1: Oh, you're kidding me. No, it's awful. I was still No, on. you're wrong. There, there's two movies, well, three, that, that I'm okay with admitting. Well, now I'm up to four. Like, if I'm going to talk Adam Sandler, okay? Like, The Last Boy Scout was a decent flick. Uh, Uncut Gems is a good flick. Happy Gilmore. Was a good flick, and and then Billy Madison. The rest, Adam Sandler is ski mask and gunned me, robbed me. You didn't like the Water Boy? No, it I sucked. See, it might have been it's better because I first watched it when I was twelve. That might have helped. It was just brutal, and like the 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 donkey that played ping pong, and, and Kathy Bates, and You Can Do It, Guy. It wasn't horrible. You can do it, Guy. It's Rob Schneider. I know. But <laughs> the point is, is it? It was something that was fine, but I only need to see once in my life. Huh. We're going to have to agree to disagree there. I, th- no, I think I'm, that's a great I'm, movie. I'm right. You can, great. I wouldn't go that far.
2: It's one of Adam Sandler's top five best movies. It's up there.
1: Hmm. Says a lot. <laughs> okay. And I like Sandler. Back at you tomorrow at four. Thanks for tuning in. Inhale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. See you.